and welcome to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Drew Lesweer. I'm Roy Vandewater. I'm Derek Neighbors. And with us today is Aaron Eden. Uh, how are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. Uh, today, we want to talk to you about how Agile works inside of the Lean Startup and customer, customer development methodologies. So, Aaron, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then uh, maybe talk about, about these topics. Sure, sure. So, um, I'm a product manager for Intuit during the day and uh, also director for Gangplank Tucson. And um, the, my background is actually in, uh, in software development. And so, you know, I, that's part of the reason I think that I've been drawn to Lean Startup so much is that, uh, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the big things that people talk about are like, you know, oh my God, I, I, built, this, I built this huge thing and found out customers didn't need it, right? And as a developer, I think back on all the times where that happened to me. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my goal with all of this is really to try and hopefully uh, save some time with developers out there and actually build things that customers want. Right, and and so lean lean startup is something you know we've we've heard a lot, and uh, but the the phrase customer development, um, can you explain a little bit more about that? How that ties into lean startup and agile? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, um, customer development came earlier, right? Um, customer development was uh, uh, something uh, termed by Steve Blank out at Stanford, and um, you know lean develop lean startup is basically the combination of customer development and agile development methodologies um, and then sprinkled in a little bit of uh, continuous deployment. So it's kind of lean startup is sort of those three pillars. So customer development is, is kind of a piece of, uh, of lean startup. Okay. And, and so the basic idea is um, my understanding, right to, um, you know, in, you know, hand in hand with, with lean startup, making sure mm-hmm. what you're releasing is something that people actually want, and so actually using customers as part of the development process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either using customers as part of the development process, um, or using rapid experimentation mm-hmm. um, to try and understand the behaviors of your customers, so that um, you know some of your biggest assumptions built in your product you can test out before actually. Even writing a line of code, you can test things with, you know, sketches and storyboards and cardboard and whatever else, right? So it's all about getting scrappy and, and trying to prove that the customers are really going to have the behaviors you think they are um, before you go and build things that that they may or may not need. So when it, when it comes to kind of the agile methodology side, right, you know, you've kind of mm-hmm. got Scrum or Kanban or typical Lean type of things. Um, how are you seeing people apply kind of agile methodologies to um, something that it, a lot of times I think when I look at Lean Startup, a, a lot of the work is actually not software development. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about, where you're, you're kind of putting out a hypothesis. You're trying almost kind of the design thinking, you know, what, what's mm-hmm. the problem we're trying to solve? How do we solve it? How do we put it out there? How do we let people give us feedback? And, and there may not be a single line of code involved. Um, and, and the feedback loop can, you know, be fairly tight to fairly big. So what are you kind of mm-hmm. seeing people use from agile methodologies and apply to that part of the process where they're not really doing s- development, you know, code? Yeah, it's, I, I've seen teams um, using sort of, you know, agile-esque techniques in those early phases where they're using a lot of the design thinking techniques and, you know, small prototypes and things like that. 
um, you know what they what they tend to do in those situations is um, is is they're 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 very you know they're clearly putting together what the team's going to execute um, and you know building their user stories out for that um, and then um, and then going and executing on that when they get beyond those early phases where um, you know maybe maybe your minimum viable product goes from you know, a storyboard that you went and put in front of customers to, you know, a landing page or something like that, right? Those types of experiments. Um, usually what teams will do is, is they'll split into, um, they'll split their, you know, quote unquote lean startup team into two sub teams. One being the agile development team that's, that's effectively working on building out whatever the, whatever the next experiment is, while the other team is off testing the last experiment with customers and basically bringing all of that, all of the things they learned from those customers back to the development team. And then they go and do their sprint planning and basically go run their next sprint. So you've got, um, you've got half the team going and using sort of a, a tweaked version to go and execute experiments and the other half of the team using very, you know, typical agile to build. Interesting. Also on this subject, one thing that I've run into is management's fear of releasing something. You know, mm-hmm. there's like I don't know what it is, but a fear of change or fear of messing something up is or fear of looking bad or something. Yeah, they exactly. they won't release anything until it's all done and um, past QA and right. And and so no, that's kind of the opposite of the of the lean startup idea. Mm-hmm. How how do you overcome that when when you're trying to do these things? Yeah, so you know, I I run I, I run uh, many lean startup events inside Intuit, um, so I, I know about that all too well. Um, you know, there's there's kind of a, a couple different angles that I tend to attack it from, um, especially inside a big company. Um, what you tend to find is that when leadership when leadership sees how quickly teams can move um, when they're applying these methodologies. Um, they realize that 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 this this way of operating is is much more effective, um, and some of that fear goes away um, because they they realize that that you know they're, that they're going to accomplish so much more um, that it's not going to be you know three months to go and fix that bug that they were worried about not releasing right. Um, so they see the speed um, as a way to mitigate some of that risk. Um, the other thing that I see that, that by having the teams um, break things down into small experiments, um, a lot of times people, when they hear about lean startup and they hear about minimum viable product, what they hear in that is um, some crappy version of the final solution, right? Or some not completely polished version of the final solution that might have some bugs or issues or those kinds of things. But you, know, you really have to take to heart the word fit, uh, viable in that acronym. Um, and so, you know, many teams end up, uh, you know, if, if the behavior you're trying to test is that, you know, is that a customer needs a certain thing or, or that, that they really do have a certain problem, um, in a lot of cases you can test that without building the final solution. And so the ways that you can mitigate um, leadership getting uh, antsy about, you know, a half, half-baked product going out or whatever um, is that... Those small experiments, you can you can leave your corporate branding off of them, um, or you know, in our case uh, at Intuit, we've had uh, the legal team has actually been been doing really great things. They've been they've sort of given us um, rough guidelines 
that say, hey, if you're playing within this space, as long as you're testing on you know less than a thousand customers or whatever it is, I don't remember the exact number, but um, they basically say, as long as you're within these guidelines, go ahead and test away. Um, and you know when you get beyond a certain scale, then that's the point where you need to start getting you know legal approvals and that kind of stuff. So um, I think there's definitely some really positive ways to you know put some put some solid boundaries in place and um, support the teams in moving quickly while still um, keeping uh, you know keeping those the corporate polish on things. So I think you bring up a, a great point that I've seen a number of really large companies do when they bring in lean startup. And one of the things they tend to do is they start to create quote unquote innovation labs. Mm-hmm. And these labs are really targeted at, you know, a thousand person you know, exactly what you said, right? They're very they're very boxed to be mm-hmm. experiments, not necessarily be um, you know, shippable product with the brand flagship name on it and everything else. Um, but what what I see is a problem with a lot of these teams is when the experiments actually go right, that they really struggle with how do they transition to turning them into real products. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of use this, you know, lean startup piece to kind of get rolling, get moving. But then, you know, they get a thousand people and everybody overwhelming says, yeah, we really want to see this. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, well, how do I turn this over to a development team that's never seen it? And they have to pick up the code base. And then the support staff has to support it. And legal has to get involved. And marketing has to approve all of these things. And it just gets pulled right back into that quagmire of, you know, it never hits the market because mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, the corporate monster stops it in its tracks. Yep. So it kind of sounds like, in that case, like you were talking about passing it off to a new development team and like getting whole new people involved. And it sounds like that might be the uh, wrong approach to take from a standpoint that the guys who built it and are passionate about it and have seen what success it can bring, like they understand the vision. Like it kind of sounds like those people are the ones that need to see it through. Now I realize that this this may kind of may may add a uh, disincentive or a or like a reason to try to sabotage your own projects that you can continue being on the fun innovation labs rather than being the old legacy guys. But I, I, I guess I don't really know the right answer for it. But it, it sounds like passing it off to completely new people doesn't sound like it. And then it also sounds like you don't have to go from a hundred to everyone. We can go from or from a thousand to everyone. It could be a thousand to two thousand and slowly scope over time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the, the questions that I kind of have about that is, are, are we taking the wrong approach and are we creating lean startup teams instead mm-hmm. of lean startup organizations? Meaning, you know, if we if we really get an, an organizations to think more right. like lean startups and that they've got lots of groups of people, all that are innovators and that are they've all, all got their own marketing guy and their own financial the, yeah, guy. Yeah, that can they really start to cut through the crap and really push forward? Instead, I think that, you know, what happens in these big companies is they extend a special title to a small number of people who are really excited that they get to work on something fun and new and iterate, mm-hmm. but then, you know, they're, they're not actually able to bring the product to market and it, right. it creates all sorts of problems. So I don't know if you're seeing that at, you know, any of the places where you're at, Aaron, and I know you run a lot of the lean startup machines stuff and and if you're seeing transition problems even from maybe lean startup small companies that start to grow into bigger companies you know do they start to lose that magic when they hit uh, a a certain number of employees or you know their product has a certain number of users right yeah and i think there's a couple of nuggets underneath what you guys were were just talking about which is that um if you think about um have you have you heard the uh the term uh, horizon planning yeah, a lot of businesses do. So, um, 
your basically your your Horizon One products are like your core products that that make most of your money, um, and and they're kind of your you know where you spend a lot of your uh, where you focus a lot of your resources in a in a big company, right? And then Horizon Two is kind of like your teenagers, right? It's those businesses that are that are that are beyond a certain point. Um, they're actually at the point of where those businesses need to scale, right? You've proven that you've got a real customer need that you're solving, and that your solution solves that problem. And you've got people spending money on it, and now those um, those you know those founders and those people that were passionate about the vision and those kinds of things, um, their skills aren't as you know as as valuable because now you've got a repeatable business model that you now need to scale. And so you need different skills for that, right? Um, and then Horizon 3 would be like a, a startup. It's something that's just an idea, and you spend a small amount of resources on those until they get to Horizon 2, and then you can increase that, right? So using that Horizon planning methodology, um, you can you can apply You can have the right people involved at the right times. Um, and I think you, you guys are on the right track, which is that for those – those business ideas um, that are in that horizon three, you've got to have those people that are passionate about the vision, continuing to work on it, and and those kinds of things. Um, the other the other nugget in what you guys were just talking about is that um, in the in the events that I've run, um, I actually have teams that are coming to the events with um, with new business ideas um, as well as existing business projects. Right. So, as an example, I had um, I had an IT team. Um, bring, you know, their their business idea was that they wanted to uh, create this new monitoring platform that would basically, you know, most call centers um, they monitor the usage of their platforms and their telephony and their IVRs and all that stuff. Monitor it from the inside, right? Look at how many customers are waiting in queue and how many agents you've got on and all those kinds of things. And then, um, but what this team had a hunch on is that. If they monitored from the customer side of things, that they'd probably see things going on in the environment that they couldn't see from the inside, um, but they couldn't convince couldn't convince leadership to invest the money in it. Um, and so, you know, that was their idea. That's that's the business that they brought to this challenge. Um, and so, applying the lean startup methodologies, they they you know, if you imagine that they're a company that's trying to sell this monitoring platform. Um, back to you know the, the place they work um, and treat it like a business. What ended up happening was they they executed a bunch of experiments and found exactly what what was important to the leadership um, and convinced an external vendor to come in and stand up this monitoring platform for a four day experiment and basically found that they could shift uh, net promoter scores in the customer in the customer service area by one point. Um, in this small four-day experiment, which, you know, in a in a big, you know, multi-billion-dollar company, that that one one shift in net promoter is a huge impact to the business, right? Right. So, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of like you said about about um, you know that you need to create innovators all over the place that are that are applying things this way. Um, I think that's a perfect example of where people can take something internal, apply these same methodologies, treat it like a business, and have some really great success with it. Great. Well, a lot of good stuff, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Um, before we close, do you have anything uh, to promote? Uh, anything you want to say? Yeah, I'd love it if, uh, if folks would check out my blog, which is AaronEden.com, A-A-R-O-N-E-D-E-N.com. And um, yeah, definitely uh, come, come check out all the great things that are happening down here at Gangplank Tucson. 
All right. Thanks a lot. And for the listeners, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, uh, go to facebook.com slash Agile Weekly. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integramtech.com slash podcast, where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.